Welcome to another podcast here with us at Jackson Impact Financial Group. I'm Christian Jackson. On this podcast, the discussion will be on agriculture and farming. We will touch on some hot topics that are making national headlines, such as the war in Ukraine, inflation, and worker shortages. We will also cover some top local topics, such as farm ground prices, uh, challenges on the family farm, new technologies, and women on the farm. I'm fortunate to have with me as my guest today, Kate Huffman, Kate Huffman, and we are lucky in that she is a, a local expert to discuss and comment on all of the above topics I mentioned. So first, a little bit about Kate and her background. Uh, Kate graduated from Galva High School in 2009, so she's a Galva Wildcat. Um, she went on to the University of Illinois to get her bachelor's degree in finance, and she's been in the banking world since graduating. Uh, her career has taken her up to the Chicago suburbs, Bloomington Normal area, and then finally back to her home uh, where she happily resides on the family farm. Kate currently works full-time as, as a financial officer at Compure Financial in Geneseo, helping farmers achieve their financial goals and plan for the future of their farms. Kate is also a sixth-generation farmer and farms their family farm in rural Galva. Known as the pink hat farmer on social media, Kate's passion revolves around agriculture, sharing her rural life experiences and life as a female farmer. She chairs the Henry County Farm Bureau Young Leaders Committee and the Health and Safety Committee, as well as serves as the director on the Far County Farm Bureau Board, where she works diligently with local driver education classes to teach young drivers about safe driving around farm machinery and working with younger students to teach them about the many different careers agriculture can offer. So again, Kate, welcome. Thanks. Thank you. Um, anything I forgot to mention you want me to add? or No, you did better than I could do. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump right in here. So first, um, let's talk about the Ukraine-Russia conflict and the impact we're seeing you know, here in the U.S. and locally in the ag, ag industry as a result of you know, that war. Well, I think everybody's seeing the that we are we have a lot of shortages. Um, you know, one of the things when the war in Ukraine started was I did not know how dependent we were on Ukraine. Um, so, you know, 25% of the world's black dirt is actually in Ukraine. And, you know, as of early May, only about 30% of the crop had gone in for 2022. So there is some fears um, ministry actually didn't even um, give a grain outlook for Ukraine. So um, I'm guessing personally that we are not even expecting to put that into any of our world supply. Perfect. Awesome. And you had, when we were talking before this, you had mentioned something about sunflower, sunflower oil coming from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I didn't know that we used sunflower oil for butter and um, we get that from Ukraine. We can't get that right now. So yet again, we will likely see either an uptick in prices or a shortage. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, super interesting. Um, all right, so let's turn out our own domestic challenges and the volatility that we're seeing here um, due to inflation, supply chain um, disconnect. Uh, of course, we still have some more scheduled rate hikes. You know, how's that impacting things here locally in the ag industry? Um, you know, as far as what you're seeing. Yeah, it's uh, definitely hard hitting, especially with the um, rising interest rate costs. The first thing that um, 
when you have interest rates rising, the first thing that raises is the operating notes. So um, that's what helps our farmers be able to operate day in and day out since their income comes at only about one time a year. Um, so uh, that's been the big question. But um, the way to combat inflation is with rising interest rates. But we're also seeing we still have a labor shortage too, which I know you said you wanted to talk about later. Um, but with that, they're hiking wages. Um, which will fuel inflation again. So there's a fine line between how much they should raise rates to combat inflation, but you also have $5 fuel. I think the average in the nation right now is $4.73 for gas. Um, so where does it stop and when do people stop spending is a big question. Um, today, actually, June 3rd here, there's going to be the employment report coming out. So everybody's anxious to see how that's going to look. Awesome. Um, you know, with wheat up somewhere around 70%, you know, last I checked, I may be off there a little bit. And then, you know, you throw in all the other commodities that are up substantially. Um, you know, you got record sale prices for land. Mm -hmm. um, I guess just to, to be blunt, you know, is ag making money? <laughs> you, know, what, you know, what's going on here is the everyday farmer, you know, are they profiting? Yeah, so um, 2021, we kind of look backwards as we're doing, um, when I do operating renewals and I'm looking at farmers, we're looking at the previous year. Um, so with that, we had um, everybody pretty much profited in 2021. Um, hopefully everybody had locked in the lower fertilizer costs and chemical costs. Um, we saw a lot of improved balance sheets just because the grain inventory was higher, um, so it, it went very well that way. 2022, we still expect to see an average profit, but it's going to be slim um, just because of the increase in fertilizer costs, the increase in chemical costs, because there were still shortage questions around that when we had to lock in prices. Um, the big question, and when you think about the ag industry locally here, people are nervous. It isn't, uh, oh, the sun's shining every day, we'll make it work. Um, it is, what does 2023 look like for us? Um, is it, are we going to see a profit at all? And have you guys, have you started doing for 2023? When is that, does that planning start or have you... Yeah, so some you'll see some farmers price out multiple years in advance. Um, so, I mean, 2023, we can't right now. Personally, I haven't got any prices for, for that, but um, we try to lock in as soon as we possibly can, especially in this type of market. Gotcha. Um, so to kind of switch gears to some of the land prices. So like in 2021, we mm -hmm. saw in Illinois anywhere, depending on your source, anywhere from 18 to 30 percent increase um in you know land sales mm -hmm. um we're still seeing some record sales per acre um do you think that'll change soon or do you think well maybe will we see some kind of leveling off or even a correction especially with you know all this volatility um going on yeah, so um, I definitely think that there's going to be some softening in this uh, market, given the way interest rates have risen. Um, it, us personally, we raised over two and a half percent in 90 days. That's unheard of. That's historical. Um, so it's very concerning. And if you look at tacking on just that amount to what interest costs were um, just a few 
you know, a few short months ago, you're talking about adding when you're purchasing real estate about two to three hundred dollars easily an acre in just interest costs alone to be able to purchase it. So I would think personally that that would have somewhat of effect. Do I think there's going to be a correction? No, I do believe that um, when they say there's been articles that people are saying, you know, 20,000 an acre is the new 10,000 an acre. I don't believe that here locally. I believe 15,000 is probably the new average for a soils. Um, it's just, we're seeing some investors show up, um, but these recent sales, the majority have been farmers that are buying it. So, and just real quick, just for anyone listening, that's maybe, you know, when you say a soil, yeah. generically, what's that? Mean? Think about it like if you're in school, if you get an A, you're not getting grounded. If you're getting D, it's tough. Gotcha. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, D soils will still produce. You sure. have to do things a little differently. A soils, you can do just about anything to it, and they're going to produce very, very awesome. well. Great. Thank you. Yep. Um all right, labor shortages. So, you know, how's that affecting the ag industry? Um, you know, what's the um, biggest negative impact that, you know, you're seeing? Or do we, are we still going to, you know, do we still have yet to see that here in the future? Well, I mean, even before we had um, the pandemic, we uh, were struggling to find truckers all over our ag industry. Um at least in the state of Illinois, and I, it is, the test to become, have a CDL is almost impossible. I, I shouldn't say almost impossible, um, but you have to parallel park a semi. And how many farmers do I know are going to have to parallel park a semi? Um, if you have, I'd love to. I'd love to meet you. But um, so with farmers being one percent of the population, one of the hardest things that we have to compete with is corporate America or regular jobs. So for a small town farmer to be able to offer the benefits and the salary that someone could get off farm is very difficult. Um, during COVID, um, when the borders were shut and none of us could go anywhere, we couldn't get immigrant workers to come in and help us do like on organic. You, A lot of people hire immigrants to come in and weed their fields. We couldn't get that. So um, we continue to struggle with that as border issues arise. Um, I have not seen locally where we've had the immigrant workers back ever since the pandemic. So you think maybe even during harvest season two, we'll see that come to light even more than again? Well, so they would be out in like summertime for us gotcha. because they're coming out and weeding it before we get to harvest because gotcha. we don't want to have that go through it. Sure. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, or whether it's too costly for our farmers now to bring those immigrants up. If visas are still difficult to get, there's where we sit. Gotcha. Um, all right. So let's turn to something that um, I guess a little more a lighter of a conversation, a little more right? positive. Is, uh, what's what's new in ag? You know, is there any you know as far as technologies go? Are we, you know, what are you seeing as far as labor replacing technology that maybe isn't mainstream yet, or you know, mm -hmm. anything else that you want to bring up that um, you know is worth mentioning? Yeah, I think the biggest you know uh, technology conversation going around is um, John Deere rolled out their autonomous um, tractor. That's the first one. Um, so. That's the big one, whether or not you're going to see them, especially around here. 
probably not. I believe they're over half a million dollars for just the tractor. That's not including anything you got to attach it to. So um, it'll be fun to see them. But um, other than that, I think the big thing that we're seeing is just continued technology advancement in our seeds. Um, so how how they create our varieties for both corn and beans. A big thing that we've noticed this year um, is the difference in companies and their seed treatments for beans. So there have been specific seed companies that have had a lot more replant because their treatment was not up to par with the cold weather we saw. So it's been interesting to see that, whereas other ones have had almost 0% replant claims. Super interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. So, and you know, in our, you know, industry, financial <laughs> services, you know, there's a, there's a huge opportunity for those getting into the business simply because the, the average person doing, you know, the average advisor is a 60 something year old white guy. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, what about farmers, you know, I'm assuming there's similar challenges there and, and, you know, and to follow up on that, you know, how tough is it for someone to get into farming who's maybe first generation and doesn't have an operation inherit or doesn't have family, you know, ground that they're tied into? Yeah. So I think this is, um, you know, around the country, even the world, you know, we talk about um, baby boomers and how baby boomers are now um, retiring or they're reaching the age of retirement. So um, the last statistic I had heard was that the average age of a farmer was about 67. Um, farming is extremely capital intensive to get into. So that makes it really difficult for someone who wants to be a first generation farmer, get into farming on a large scale level. Have I seen it done? Absolutely. And it's been done very successfully. Um, but with it being capital intensive, without getting help from a family member or from, you know, a close friend who's retiring, it makes it very difficult, um, to get into it. But I, I really personally only know of a couple first generation farmers and I'm in awe of them anytime I get to talk to them because their trials and tribulations, while we all go through them, are magnified compared to what it is for someone like me coming in as a sixth generation. Sure. Right. Um, now let's turn to women in, in the ag industry and the uptick there. I mean, you, you're obviously one of them, um, you know, what's the future hold, um, you know, and, and what are you seeing going on there moving forward? Yeah, I think um, women have always been there. They just may not have been um, in the spotlight. I think that's been a big change in the last couple of decades here that people are seeing more women running the machinery and things like that, whereas that wasn't talked about many years ago. Um, women have always been a huge part of farming, um, even when they couldn't own ground. You know, so that's always interesting. But right now, with the way our technology has advanced, um, there's a lot there's a lot less wrenching, quote unquote, you know, on machinery, having to use muscles and do things. So um, that's allowed an opportunity for more women to jump in. Um, and maybe I'm biased here, but, you know, with our ability to multitask more, we can we can get a lot more done. <laughs> so I do, I do expect it to continue. And I love getting to meet females in agriculture, just like myself and see all that they do. It's amazing. Um, there's lots of female in ag, um, 
like social media groups and things like that. And they're from all across the world. So you get to meet people from Brazil and see what they're doing, sure. you know? So it's just incredible to see the community that's being built within females in agriculture. Cool. And that's part of the message you're promoting on your Facebook page. Too, yes. Correct? Yeah. 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 So kind of all through um, everything I've done with pink cat farmer, it really just started um, I obviously wore pink, a pink hat all the time on the farm and people started calling me pink cat farmer when I went out and they, uh, it kind of stuck. And then I decided, you know what, I want to promote females in agriculture. So there's a lot to come with my pink cat farmer side of it, including a website, um, promoting females and what they're doing in agriculture. Maybe they have shops, maybe they're selling things, being able to promote that for them to let them know, Hey, your voice is getting heard and this is an amazing feat that you've done. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> all right, Kate, let's turn to something that um, can often be more of a, I guess, taboo topic when it comes to the family farm and, and that's estate planning. Um, mm. And this is something that, you know, and, you know, I deal with from my end too. Um, you know, and it, this would be right up your alley, you know, with your right. position, you know, at Compier, um, you know, one, why is there such a need? And two, why does that need often not get taken care of? <laughs> and, and finally, what recommendations do you have for someone who wants to get started on those strategies? You know, I think the last stat I had heard the other day was that, you know, 83% of people know what they want to happen when they want whatever they own to go to the next generation. But of those, only like 20% actually do it and put it in writing and do the wow. legal documents they need to. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess I'll <laughs> kind of let you, you know, comment on on that. There. That's an awful stat. Thanks for that depressing <laughs> stat. But um, I really hope uh, that my voice in with Pink Cat Farmer and within my uh, financial officer position can help to increase those stats because. Um, Estate planning is essential in the farming world. It's essential in any industry because tragedy can strike. It does not discriminate. Um, it is a very hard thing. And the best gift that you can give your family is to allow them to just grieve you when tragedy happens if you pass away, rather than having to stress about, well, what about all this financial stuff? Where does this go? Um, so the first question you asked was, why is there such a need? And I think that kind of answers it. You know, um, family need to have time to grieve you, especially when it's an unexpected death. Even, even when it's an expected death, it's still hard. Um, and you add on a financial hardship as well, and that just makes it even more difficult and stressful. Um, it allows the door to open wide open to your family fights where it just separates a family. Um, so why does it not often get taken care of? Um, people freeze. Um, you look at, you sit down across from an attorney or, you know, an estate planner and they throw out six to 10 different options of, well, you could do all of this and you walk out of there more confused than when you started. And bottom line is, is no estate plan is going to be a cookie cutter for every single farming family. Everything is going to look different. What works for my family is not going to work for someone else's. So um, be it for creating an entity or be it creating trust, it has to be done because bottom line is, is if you do not have planning done, the state has a plan for you and you're very well probably not going to like it. 
So when you talk about that, where it's like 83% know what they want, have they even had that conversation about it? You know, like they haven't, have you talked to your family? And if you haven't, why? I mean, it is a very hard conversation to have, but it is a a necessity for every family as you're going through it. It only is magnified when you have a farming operation because that's a lot of money. Um, You think about it, Illinois' estate tax is $3 million. So it it starts at $3 million, I should say. So anything over $3 million is taxed and you're going to pay, you're going to pay it. Um, if it's not done, if it's not managed properly and planned properly. So, um, I would think that most people, when you're thinking of a legacy would rather their, their family reap the benefits of what they've inherited, um, versus our state having to do it. Great. No, that's all great info there. Yeah. Um, all right, so to kind of wrap things up here, if if someone wanted to get a hold of you, you know, or reach out to you or find you, you know, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so um, you can find me on Snapchat, Instagram, um, and Facebook, all under Pink Hat Farmer, no spaces. Gotcha, awesome, cool. All right, well, um, thanks again, Kate. We appreciate you. Yeah, this is fun. Schedule, so, um, and and thanks a bunch for listening in. Um, be sure to follow us on all major social media outlets and visit our website at jacksonpeckfg.com. If you have any comments, feedback, or something to add, please definitely reach out. Also, we're always looking for ideas on future podcast topics. So if you have one, shoot us a quick email. We'd love to hear from you guys. Christian Jackson is a registered representative of and offers securities through Royal Alliance. Associates Inc. and Daryl Peck is an investment advisor representative of and offers securities and investment advisory services through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRA SIPC Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. 121 South Main Street, Kewanee, Illinois 61443. Phone number 309-761-8139. Royal Associates Inc. does not provide legal advice.